Hey, guys, welcome back, and uh, I'm glad you could come for our dialogues with Gabriel, Gabriel Cousins, and uh, myself, Richard Sack from Lost Starts Radio. Really nice to be with you again, and it's going to be kind of a short session, so we'll get right to it, and Dr. Cousins has some health information to share with us after we uh, do the preliminary uh, setup of the dance and meditation, and uh, welcome, Dr. Cousins. Let us know what you've got to share today. Okay, well, I'm very happy to be here as usual, and it's nice to uh, experience the play of things going out of the world. <clears throat> Part of playing is learning how to keep out of the way and know what's going on. So that's what we try to do. We just help you play in a way that minimizes all that's going on in the world for us. Uh, in terms of negative effects. And so that's kind of where we're going. But we got to know what the play is first. So before we do it, we'll start with a little meditation. And that's another kind of play. And a little dance to get the spirits of joy going. So uh, for those people who do not um, know how to meditate, or we're just going to meditate for three minutes, there is a mantra, there are many mantras, the one I use is one that Moses received at the burning bush. Yod on in-breath. Hold on. Yod at the in-breath, hey at the out-breath. Why at the in-breath, hey at the out-breath. Yod from the base, uh, the perineal knot, up to the heart, hey out to the heart. Why from the perineal knot up to the third eye, and then hey out to the heart. And we just do that until our mind's quiet. Don't worry meditation. It's really that simple. So let us go ahead and do a little dance and play. And then we'll meditate. And we'll kind of send you energy you know, via the eyes. Then the cosmic energy coming through. So here we go. Okay.
Okay. So let's just focus here. Focus energy. Let your spirit soar. Yo. And now in the meditation.
Okay, slowly come out of meditation. So, I'm just going to do a little piece of kind of filling in kind of what people kind of know, but now there's a whole lot of research on it. Of course, I don't give the footnotes. I can, but then we'd be here for a longer time. Basically, what we've observed, but now it's been documented, is COVID-19 can literally make the brain age by two decades, by 20 years. Now, what's the good news is we have a way to reverse the aging, and it's very, very simple. But first, let's kind of get the idea. Now, here's a picture of the brain inflamed. It inflames the brain. Okay? Now, that just isn't a picture. It's actually a photograph of brain skin. So... The question is, that inflamed brain loses a lot of brain cells, okay? So, uh, the British uh, study found that the SARS um, <clears throat> impairs cognitive ability that is equivalent to the brain aging by 20 years. Uh, and that's an interesting thing when you think two-thirds of the world's been vaccinated, Um and maybe a lot of the leaders have, we don't know, okay? But this is a, a, it was a study published in the, in the Journal of E-Clinical uh, Medicine from Cambridge in Imperial College. And the, it's not just aging 10, 20 years, but it's also an IQ drop of about 10 points. So the, the, they said the cognitive deficits are similar to a decline in a person who would experience between the ages of 50 and 70. That kind of decline cognitively if you are taking care of your brain, which, of course, is going on. So what – but they give a theory that's really uh, interesting um, because what turns out is the COVID activates – the epigenetic clock. What does that mean? Well, we have genetics and we have the factors that affect what we call the, the expression of the genes. Epigenetic is the expression of the genes and some factors dumb down the genes, so to speak, and some activate the genes. Um, these are kind of switches and that's the epigenetics. Um, and they found that that, that, that that the DNA was being methylated. And the more methyl groups that are on there, the less well it functions. And they're kind of developed a theory. I mean, the, the, the observation is, yes, cognitive decline really happens with COVID infections. But they're kind of beginning to understand why that seems to happen. And also what we call it solar senescence, but it's cell aging and death, okay? And a lot of things like cytokines and neuroquines, um seem to be found in the spike cells. Um, 
and that seems to make things accelerate the aging. Um, so uh, the solution is the one uh, the part I like. That's why I liked it. So they did a study for people who've been meditating for at least ten years, um, and at least thirty minutes a day, and they had. Uh, 18 people who were doing that and 20 people were non meditating. It's about the same amount. And there was a, a big difference in the DNA methylation. The people who hadn't been meditating had a lot more DNA methylation. And they found it was basically that uh, the DNA of the brains of the meditators were uh, very similar to the two younger people and weren't affected by the epigenetic changes. They didn't have epigenetic changes, so that was pretty interesting. They found that 50-year-old meditators had the same brain age as a 42-year-old person, 42-year-old non-meditator, and 60-year-old meditators had the same brain age as a 51-year-old non-meditator. So that's, you know, nine-year difference there. This is quite interesting and quite exciting. So um, basically the SARS-CoV-2 speeds up the epigenetic clock of degeneration, of aging, of cell senescence and death. Okay? Um, Now, the good news is this can be corrected and somewhat prevented by people living a healthy lifestyle. Okay? And even reversed. It's going to be a vegan life food diet. It's going to be exercising, which actually increases brain size. Meditating, which also increases brain size, particularly in the frontal lobes, the prefrontal lobes, and the uh, hippocampal areas. Uh, and so that it, there is actually an improvement in brain function with meditation. And that's what they found. I just added a bunch of what they didn't find. But we know the research shows that when you meditate, you actually increase your brain size. Normally, the brain shrinks 1.5% per year. Okay? So that's a pretty big deal. So what we're saying is, of all the health things, what we know is that brain aging can be significantly stopped by meditating uh, and that's good. I'll also say that other research, they didn't do this research, but other research shows that exercising can also make a difference in increasing brain size and therefore anti-aging that's going on. So that's the good news. So if we, we kind of have a live food diet, a vegan diet, and we're meditating, which is the big factor, the big thing that makes a big difference here, um, we're able to cut down the aging factors. So, so the main aging factors are viral diseases, HIV, neurodegenerative diseases, cancer. They, they accelerate aging. And this, of course, COVID's a viral disease. Metabolic syndromes are people who are overweight, uh, high blood sugar, diabetes, and high blood pressure, things like that. We also know that uh, vegans have 2% high blood pressure versus 26 for meat eaters. And then stress. 
okay, post-traumatic stress, mental stress, uh, violence. So the good news is that these brain aging factors, <coughs> I mentioned three, right? All can be uh, significantly reversed with meditation, exercise, and good diet, but meditation being number one. We actually see it increases brain size. So that's a pretty important finding both ways. COVID does do that. Now, how do I know about this? I've noticed it. People people come to me as a doctor and say, you know, since I got it, it's like the lights went on. I got brain fog. I have mental confusion. It's really hard to think straight. And as we do certain things, I'm not going to do a whole medical program. A lot of that clears up pretty quickly. Give it a few weeks. And a lot of that begins to clear up. So I'm giving some hints about this. Um, that we really can do something about it and we can protect ourselves. Healthy lifestyle, a lot more meditating, at least 30 minutes once a day, seems to be in the research to make a difference. So I'm going to just show this open. Richard, come on in as part of the discussion, please. And know that we have solutions that are really simple. That's the good news. Go ahead, Richard. You look like you want to say something. Yeah, thank you, Gabriel. Um, one of the things that I wanted to clarify, obviously important subject, you were mentioning that COVID-19 does these things. Did you mean yeah. COVID or did you mean the vaccine? Well, actually... Or both. It's the COVID-19 is what the research is on. But the, uh, the vaccine does it also, or perhaps more strongly, because... You are looking at spike proteins in the vaccine plus other things. The research is on COVID, but I know the same symptoms happen with people who get the COVID shot as well. Yeah, the, the, one of the reasons that I ask about that is that research on what happens in COVID uh, begs the clarification of the question, what is COVID? You know, because it initially... It was uh, told to the public that this is a disease you get from a virus called SARS-CoV-2. And then it turned out that that may or may not be true and that they actually patented a design for what they called SARS-CoV-2 way before 2020. Right. And, and this was done in what they call in silico, which means made up on a computer. And right. it didn't necessarily exist in the real world. And then it got into theories, including what Dr. Artis said, which he got attacked for a lot, which is that it's a toxin, not not a virus. And that brought up the work of uh, Dr. Cohen and Dr. Kaufman and other people with them, that there really isn't, I mean, this is hard for people to grasp because we've been taught these things for so long, and it's the kind of thing where everybody knows and fill in the blank. And it's very hard to go against what you taught that about. And Kaufman and Cowan brought up the really clear uh, observation that there's no proof of the viral transmission of disease to date. And there's no real proof of isolation of viruses. I've had uh, well-known virologists on the show trying to get clear discussion of, all right, how do you isolate viruses? Let's look at 
whether Kaufman and Cohen are correct or not, should be that simple. And they can't, they can't do it because the programming is so strong, they can't simplify it and really afford to look at it. And I thought it brings up a lot of these interesting details, even if it's a toxin, which looks likely right now because of the non-symmetrical uh, way that it's spread around the world, just showing up in certain areas perhaps activated by EMF frequencies, um, whatever it is, the effects uh, on certain people were bad, but the transmission of these so-called virus, viral diseases, even going back to the Spanish flu, have never been proven. And I, I just wondered, how does that affect the discussion? Well, it doesn't. Why? Because we don't really know what's going on. People really can't prove there's a virus. But at the same time, you know, we hear news reports and insider reports that developing other more lethal viruses, you know, that, you know, seem to be pretty dangerous for people. Do we know what that is? We just know that something lethal is happening. Right. And so when I say COVID, something has happened. You know, I have to say something happened because it happens. Well, you, can't, you can't isolate the virus. It doesn't matter. Something happened, and we have accelerated aging. Yeah, I, I think that you're absolutely right, and it doesn't matter what model it fits. It matters what it's actually doing and, and the results. Right, and how to antidote it. Exactly, and I'm sure that they're making good use of the money that's coming from all of us taxpayers to develop new toxins. And whether they're actually toxins or viruses right. or, or some other organism that we don't even know about really is not critical. It's kind of an academic question. But, but stuff is coming out about HIV and HIV-like things and um, the, the, the new thing they're going to try to infect people with and the... Uh, H5N1 flu that, you know, combining some some kind of what they are calling a virus, combining some kind of genetic material that they, they're planning to infect people with. So, yeah. you know, that's why I'm, I'm thinking, well, no, let's not call it a virus. Let's call it genetic material. And somehow that is, they're working on that. Right. They're really, they're really pushing the... Um avian flu aspect right now and, and it's yeah. I'm not even sure if that exists at all because what they do in America and probably other places too is they go into a large farm that raises chickens for example and they use a PCR test which doesn't test anything and they say oh there's a sick chicken we have to murder all your chickens right. and, and the farmer doesn't get to vote well they could vote but they don't care so they murder all the chickens and it was unclear whether there was any sickness at all. And it, it really doesn't... It does create a food shortage, so. Yeah, it's very effective on that level. So that's going on. And the, so, other thing, the other things that they're developing, which they're calling new viruses, and saying, for your safety, we have to develop all these really lethal viruses, and they'll probably be released and they'll get out. But it's all to protect you. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily any of them viruses. They could all be toxins. And a lot of the element of it could be pure hype 
because during the COVID, whatever it was, even if it was a toxin, the excess mortality did not exist. Right. With the new ones, they're playing as it does. They're going for a much higher mortality rate with the new one. That's what the rumor is. Yeah, the excess, the real excess mortality rate starts when they when they come up with the vaccine. And it may well, be the same in those cases. The Marburg, Marburg epidemic, there's one that's happening in, somewhere in Africa. Yeah. They call that a virus. You know, the key, what we just said, it doesn't matter what it's called, we just know something's happening that it is killing people. Yeah. And their goal with the next round is to be a much more lethal something happening, whether you call it a, you know, a snake venom or you're calling it you know, a virus or whatever it is. Right. And the new one that they just had the tabletop uh, preparation for was a virus that kills mostly children. That's correct. Correct psychological impact. So I think the point where we want to go with this is how do you protect yourself from whatever it is? Right. And that takes us to meditation. It takes us to good nutrition. It takes us to vitamin D. It takes us to zinc. It takes us to lumidine. So we have ways of, of dealing rad new because they do put radiation in, well, at least in the injection. And, you know, you have the, the thing that scares people to go take the injection, the injection appears to be a lot more lethal. And that's what you were saying earlier. So all these pieces are, are kind of interwoven. Um, the best thing is to be really healthy, lead a healthy lifestyle, and stay away from injections and build your immune system. Yeah, exactly. And all the doctors that are saying, well, COVID-19 injection is bad because it's not a real vaccine. They're, I think they're mostly sincere, and they really don't know. And they don't understand that the so-called real vaccines were just not as effective at killing people as the COVID-19 vaccine. But there's no evidence, really, that they prevent disease right from the beginning, going back to uh, Edward Jenner in, in the UK in 1796. Yeah, and they try to do the same thing. When, injected, uh, when Jenner did that, there was a 40% increase in smallpox. Yeah, exactly. And it, it wasn't just that it was a mistake. So there's a, a real problem with the general approach to medicine, which should be healing rather than eating toxic chemicals to try to kill bad bacteria and things like that. Yeah, that's why it comes down to eating well, exercise breathing that oxygenate your system to be optimal. Right. Prayer and meditation. I just what my what I was really emphasizing is meditation has a, a much greater health effect than we initially thought. Yeah. Yeah. And you know when when you get into different brain states like the one that you get into during sleep there's a detox uh, process that the brain goes through, cleaning it out with fluid, with cerebrospinal fluid, and getting a lot of the toxins out. That doesn't happen very well during the day. And it could be that meditation is even deeper than that, so that it refreshes the brain faster than even sleep. And yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. So we have the good news, really the good news, is whatever all these causalities are, 
we have a basic approach that everybody can do. It doesn't cost any money that allows people to greatly enhance their protection against this. Right, right. And that brings us up to um, the correlation between health of the individual and health of, health of the world and your upcoming program of World Peace Meditation. So, okay, so let me talk about that now that you brought it up. Thank you. So we're looking at, we are starting that we're looking at a World Peace Meditation. We have a website called World Peace Meditation. .net. And on each uh, Sunday night, 6 p.m. Israel time, and that will vary across the, the world, um, we're all going to meditate and create a thought form for peace. Now, does this work? The answer is since 1973, there's been a variety of studies that show when a group of people Mm-hmm. meditate together. Now we're doing it over the internet, which is meditating together. There is a drop in all levels of crime. So they did a study in 1973 where they took 11 cities with people 1% meditating and without anybody meditating. And the difference of those two cities over a year was there was 60% less crime in the cities where people were meditating. In Rhode Island, they did it, they brought meditators in, 350 meditators in for uh, three months, and there was a 43% drop in crime, all kinds of violent crime. And then they repeated the next year, and they got 49% drop. Now, what does this all mean? It means we're creating literally a frequency of peace that's affecting people's consciousness in an uplifting way that creates inner peace that results in outer peace. Now, that is good news. That's great news because we have a power to really expand consciousness and bring peace to the planet. So we're taking that, and we are going to – and the effect lasts for three weeks. So we're going to meditate – every week, once a week, as a group, uh, for 30 minutes with a little bit of a peace visualization at the end. And that's it. It's that simple. The, the beauty is it's that simple. So we're, we're really taking a spiritual approach to what I consider what's going on in the world as a spiritual problem. We're plan is to create a thought form for peace that's so strong that will uplift the consciousness of the planet. Now, the research suggests, various researchers, that if we have the square root of 1% of the population meditating on a regular basis, like once a week, um, at the same time, uh, we can actually a creative effect that that can really change the world consciousness. That's good news. So what we're talking about for the world, I mean, if we get 13,000 people meditating, I mean, the lowest would be 9,000, but 13,000 people meditating, we will create a frequency that will elevate the consciousness 
and particularly the peace consciousness on the planet. This is attainable. So I invite everybody to join us uh, for this. Monday, 6 p.m., you can go to um, worldpeacemeditation.net. Doug can probably put it up there. Um, Doug, from this show, also designed the website. And thank him. I thank him for that. So worldpeacemeditation.net, and it lays out everything. You can join as a sponsor, which doesn't cost any money. There is. What we see is the sun rising over a dark planet, which is exactly what we're facing today. But the sun will rise, and light will happen for us. You just got to be with it. And that's the key thing. So that's us. And it has all the different times. Doug really did a great job with this. Um, And there's no cost. And if you want to be a sponsor, that just means you have a list of maybe a 1,000 people. And that list, um, and you're willing to promote the peace meditation with that list. That's basically what we're saying. Uh, And you will be listed uh, on that, you know, you can choose to be listed if you want as a uh, sponsor, and then the, there's another column where, where people can just choose to be listed as a meditator. So, worldpeacemeditation.net. We really want, invite you to join us. Uh, again, doesn't cost anything. It's a little energy, but it's active energy for uplifting the planet. So please join us Monday, every Sunday, 6 p.m. The very first one will be at 5.30, so there'll be a little bit of explanation. And then also the explanation is written out. So I will see you there. That's April 2nd when we begin. Richard, thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, my pleasure. I think it's really important. And, you know, just the first <clears throat> first premise that you talked about, in the cities where meditation affected the violent crime rate. I think I'm not sure if people really grasp the significance of that because it kind of can go right over our head or right by us. What, what that's saying is that the state that you carry around affects physical events and it affects other people that are not necessarily what you would call really spiritually attuned people. It affects everybody. And it affects, in particular, people who are about to commit murders and other violent crimes. They're not in the mindset of meditation, at least not the same kind of meditation. And that's really incredible. It means, you know, very often this is seen as a select group that it uplifts the people who are doing it, and they all make each other feel better as the world burns around them. This is not like that. This is an actual changing of the atmosphere on an energy level so that the people who are focused on violent crime, you know, which brings to mind a lot of our global rulers, they can actually change without even knowing that it's going on. And that's a big deal. I don't know how to do that any other way. And it doesn't mean to stop our physical efforts and whatever we're doing on that level, but it means your physical efforts become channels of a much more powerful energy, if you can even imagine that this could be possible, and then try it. So, really, it's, 
project. It's pretty exciting that we have the power to do this. Yeah. You know, and, and it's simple. We can do this. And it's it's a gift to us. So, again, please join us. And with that, I think it's time to say amen to it all. May everyone be blessed that we're inspired by the good news that we have a way to really uplift the world, uplift the consciousness of the world. We just have to do work together to make that happen. So peace be with you. Thank you. And thank you, Richard. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Dr. Cousins. That was a very important focus. And I would say that in conclusion, uh, remember the website, worldpeacemeditation.net. You find instructions there, what to do to be in touch with the whole program and with Dr. Cousins leading it and with the part, the introductory part before the first session. And then that'll happen every week indefinitely. And the idea is that just like in the cities where it was proven and I, I, most people, if they're honest, they have a hard time grasping that this could actually be true. You know, somebody out trying to do a carjacking is not going to be in tune with meditators, you know, thinking about world peace, world peace. And it, it's not just the thought that produces the power. You know, what we found and what the clues to this kind of thing say is that um, it's the emotional state that you're projecting. And when you're in the meditation, if you're using a mantra or using a focus or a vision or something that is keeping your attention on a certain point, it's not the details of the, of the theoretical practice. It's what state you're getting into when you're doing that. And it's just like the clues uh, besides the meditation experiment with the violent crime with the moto, Dr. Moto, that we've talked about changing the physical structure of water by projecting, in particular, love and gratitude and a glass of water. Even supposedly inanimate objects are changed by your focus. And it's not limited to you. What you it's not about what your ego is putting out and you're thinking, oh, I'm so great to cause peace in the world. It's getting out of the way so that the source you came from can work through you and project out into the world and harmonize things. And it's just like in the physical body, we were talking about different versions of medicine, the current medicine being, you know, kill the bad things, kill the bacteria, kill the viruses if they exist, or even if they don't exist, just, you know, eat poison as long as it's called medicine and kill everything bad. That's one paradigm, one mentality. The other mentality is tuning into the energy that's already flowing from the source, whether you believe in God or not, it's still there. Otherwise, we wouldn't exist. And it's flowing through us, and we can be like transmitters, you know, channels of that energy of harmony that's the same energy that heals the physical body when you get rid of the toxins on the physical level, when you get rid of the toxins on the emotional level, and take yourself out of the way, that can flow out to the world, and it can do what any amount of petitions and physical protests and we need to do but have limited power way beyond what they can do and it could be that simple it's like always reminds me of the wizard of oz conclusion you know that after dorothy's looking for all these solutions and traveling all over the place trying to meet the wizard of oz so she can save her and uh fighting all these battles to get to the right place to meet the wizard and then at the end this uh 
I think it's a good witch of the West or something like that. And I forget her name. She comes and said, oh, by the way, Dorothy, you know, take a look at your shoes. They were the red slippers that could take you back to Kansas whenever you want. And you always had them right with you. And this is the same thing with meditation. It's like after all these programs to try to reform the insane leaders and wake up the zombie population, bring things back to what should be normal. Uh, It's the red slippers. It's the relaxing, getting out of the way, detoxing on the emotional level and letting the true higher reality flow through you, even without you saying a word. And you have the power to transmit and transform everything that's going on. So I'll shut up after that. We're going to be working on the same thing with Lost Arts Radio, participating in the World Peace Meditation and also doing it in our private PHC meetings every week. And you're also always welcome to that. Become a part of that if you want at planetaryhealingclub.com. And if you go to that website, that page actually, and you look over to the right, even if you're not ready to be part of the active group working on Planetary Healing Club, just to the right of it is a green button that says get on the mailing list. And that would be a good thing to do. It doesn't cost any money. And I've been saying for a while, I think it's almost ready to start. We're going to start sending out short personal messages to everybody on that free mailing list. And that's going to come right out of what we're working on intensively in the actual Planetary Healing Club group. So sign up if you can. It's really easy to find. It takes about five seconds at lostartsradio.com, planetaryhealingclub.com. And that's about it. So as the world uh, continues to go through these interesting adventures that Dr. Cousins was talking about and, and the bigger picture behind that, remember the ruby slippers in The Wizard of Oz. You've always worn them, and you, we've been you know, diverted into all these other sidetracks, get the detox, get the toxins out of the way on the spiritual level, and watch what happens. And we'll meet you there. So have a good week, and uh, go to worldpeacemeditation.net and find out the directions to start on April 2nd, and we'll meet you there too. Also stay in touch. One more quick thing. I always think I've finished... Um, Info at lostartsradio.com is the email address to reach both myself and Doug. <clears throat> or if you want to ask me a question about the work of Planetary Healing Club, it's Richard at lostartsradio.com. Or if you want us to uh, focus on a particular issue in the free email messages that are going to start, also Richard at lostartsradio.com gets right to me. And although I may not have a chance to uh, respond to everything because it's kind of overwhelming schedule at times, Uh, I read them all, and I want to stay in touch. So that's about it. I consider you so important, the central hope of the world, and uh, just get the junk out of the way and watch what happens. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Take care.